Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome to Dr. Homebrew. This is Jason Petros, the only uh, Greek god in your life. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> or tiki god, as the case may be. It's true. I'm tired. I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm too tired to be entertaining today. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go home. Have you read Percy Jackson? N- no, but I... Because I, you're not 12. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm not 12. It's the whole Greek god thing. My daughter is 11, and she's obsessed with Percy Jackson and all those yeah. all those books. Uh, no, but my dad had his album in the 60s. It's pretty good. Percy Jackson sings the smooth hits of the really? oh, yeah. 70s. Nice. No, I don't know. Um, all right, everybody. <laughs> oh, we, have, uh, we have one studio guest who you might remember from, I think, a show last month. Yeah. yeah. Last month, Gabe is back in the studio. Right, Gabe? Yes. Thanks what's, for having me what's back. What's going on, yeah. dude? How you doing? What'd you bring us today? Uh, I brought in a coffee sour ale. That's uh, it's been about two years since I started the project. Oh, it's a pro shit! It's a project. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Brian has a weird pro- sour project, also. I've always got a project. Going. <laughs> mm. And then we're going to talk to Scott uh, Chandler on the phone here in just a short second. He was supposed to be in the studio as well, but he's sick apparently. Not feeling too hot. He says so he still he has a voice, so hopefully he's not like, "Hey guys, uh, <laughs> what's happening?" Yeah, I appreciate him not coming in here was, and giving us his yuck. Yeah, <laughs> he was nice enough to drop his beers off in the studio earlier, and uh, yeah, that that, nice. that's that's good. We'll have him in here sometime. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, it's double nice because we did just start a trend of uh, as soon as the guests leave or as the guests are leaving, we have to make them, we have to make out with them as they leave. <clears throat> So this yes. would even be double awkward. So now, um, not only do we subject them to that, but we make them clean up after us. You know, this, it's just <laughs> yeah. horrible. Dev refuses to do it. So I, I don't want to know what they're cleaning up. Uh, well, the glassware. Oh, it's not quite so bad. <laughs> Sorry, that's true. Well, uh, here before we get uh, Scott on the phone, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and. Learn a bunch of stuff. They have a bunch of stuff online to learn about uh, how to keep your beer clean, how to keep your equipment clean, and how to make good beer. And the best way to do that, the ultimate way to do that, the barrier is uh, is with cleaning supplies. The magic of chemistry. From Five Star Chemicals. Exactly right. So check them out. They're great people. They support the show. They support the Brewing Network. They support what we're doing for some reason. And uh, you should support them as well. Drop them a line. Thank them very much for for, uh, sponsoring this program. See them at NHC. Get them beers. 
We are also clients. Yes, I, I have full full disclosure. I use oh, PBW yeah. for a lot of stuff. That's the only thing <laughs> Me I use. Too. Yeah, it's actually I, I got too. rid of my facial scrub, my uh, beauty regimen, and it's yeah. just it's just it's just um, PBW. PBW to activate, Star yeah. Sand to deactivate. <laughs> Clean your coffee maker or yep. your. Uh, you Don't know, do bong. that, everybody. I'm yeah. just kidding. That's not probably probably yeah. not something you shouldn't do. Uh, let's get Scott's. Uh, we have uh, calling Scott right now. Let's get his beer going. Okay. Um, Scott brought us a German pills. Yep. We got some glasses over there. Brian Shar, you want to reach over there, please? And uh, grab yes, some glasses. Recently minted Grandmaster Judge, Brian Shar, is reaching for glassware. That's right. And Where's my steward? Is what Being he a Grandmaster just means you get to do just as much stuff as you always <laughs> did. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of cool. That's yes, true. Uh, hey, Scott, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, What's going Scott. on, man? You sound terrible. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm totally joking. Earbuds? You sound great. <laughs> no. You sound fine, man. We were joking because you're so Because you're, you're sick. sick. That sucks, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's something going around lately. Yeah. It's just an annoying head cold for a lot of the people that get it. But it's, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to. Uh, it, it sucks, though, because I can't taste the beer at all. So <laughs> that That is the worst part of it, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, that, oops, that is the worst part. So we have a, what is it, a German Pills? Yep. German pills. All right. Is this your first shot out of German pills? No, second. Second. Okay. And how long have you been homebrewing? Um, you know, I started um, brewing back in 2001, hmm. uh, but didn't kind of stick with it for too long. And then so I took kind of a hiatus and then hmm. got back into it a few years ago. What happened uh, What happened to drive you away? Uh, nothing. Just, oh, okay. I mean, just, you know. Actually, what when the guy who I was brewing with, um, you know, it was kind of when we were going away to school. So, I guess that that was one of the reasons yeah, okay. I didn't ha- didn't have the partner brewing partner anymore. Because I took a break for a while because my beer sucked ass, dude. It was terrible. <laughs> it was the it was just like consistently there was something wrong. I just <clears throat> fed up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm I'm over it. And then like I don't know, six months later, I'm like, okay, I'm ready again. Let's try to. And it still sucked, but it was fun. So are, you, are you in one of our lovely local homebrew clubs or uh, fly, flying solo kind I'm of guy? Yeah, those guys yeah. interest me, man. They're they're a weird breed. Why don't, why don't they join a club? <laughs> uh, Clubs are so fun. Ask them. Yeah, no, I thought about it, um, but I have I just haven't made the uh, the, the move yet. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, anytime you're ready to join the cult uh, clubs, uh, Brian uh, Brian Cooper will hold your hand. We will welcome you. <laughs> and the nice. nice thing about I'll the Bay Area, thanks. Yeah. We have so many clubs to choose from. It's true that you know you, you you only have to drive a little ways, and there should be some group of people who you get along with. And do you want <laughs> the uh, the super competitive one, or the ones that just like want to have a party and drink all the beer, or you know, the ones that are just like, well, let's just. You know, do all these events, have a club so we can do all these events that we don't get to do otherwise. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know. It's somewhere <laughs> in between, right? You get, I don't know. There there's, you go, there's man. There's personality out there, but yeah. Absolutely. All right, speaking of personality, Brian Cooper, why don't you go ahead and I'm, start? I'm your this? radio personality for sure. tonight, sir. Start us off yes, with German Yes, I will please. steer you out to uh, see. Uh, <clears throat> this, um, it's a watery German beer. Uh, it's <laughs> aroma wise, it's it's, uh, it's got a faint uh, light bready, not bread tea, <laughs> uh, bready you know graininess, uh, faint floral hop character, 
Seems pretty light overall. Uh, no DMS or diacetyls. Really cleanly um, lagered. No esters evident. Uh, just low, uh, well-controlled sulfur. It seems like actually the second sample was poured for me. I got a little more sulfur off of it. I mean, there's sulfur is always a component of these, you know, but it's, I think it's warming up too, so I'm getting a little more, but you know, very clean. But um, in a way, it just seemed a little bit kind of... I don't want to say lifeless, but just a little maybe lighter than it should be, kind of. I mean, it's not like a heavy, like, in-your-face beer as it is, but even for a, a German pills, I want a little, maybe a little more kind of crackeriness, a little more kind of toast or something in there just to say, okay, hey, there's some there's some of that, a little more of that German ingredient, um, ingredients poking through, but, uh, and, and noble hops and, you know. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty beer. It's a nice light gold-colored uh beer reasonably good clarity uh it had a low white head that faded pretty soon after pouring um uh mostly finer bubbles um yeah there's no head well i can rouse it a little bit there's yeah a little color comes back around there um in the flavor i'm getting a clean again lightly bready clean base you know kind of generic malt malt (laughs) It's not super, um, well, there's a little little toasty, a little light crackery maybe, but um, to me it's, it's kind of maybe a little plainer than it should be. Or maybe it's just the way the, the water or something else is playing off of it. But um, getting the, a faint bitterness there, um, bitterness level is, is, is good. It's not, not too big. A uh, little floral hop in there, uh, not much of that. But you know, very clean lager fermentation. I really like the cleanliness of the, you know, the way this. There's nothing to hide behind with these beers. So you know, you kept all of the you know the nasty things that can pop up in fermentation out of the beer. That's good. Um, finishes very dry. It just needs. It's so dry. It just needs a little something to to play off of that dryness. Like in the German, it's like you get a little bit of that that the uh, the German kind of you know. Uh, pills malt mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a little more spicy or herbal or floral um, noble hop or, and or just more of a kind of a sulfate-y uh, water character. You, know, you don't need to go too crazy adjusting your water, but this feels just more like kind of a neutral um, water. I'd like to talk to, you know, what kind of water you use um, and, um, you know, where the mineral levels are in that, if you know. So, uh, but yeah, a bit more hop uh, might help it, a little more sulfate water to balance and accent that. It's just kind of bone dry otherwise. Um, again, still kind of fine points because it's really a nice, clean lager. Um, and almost kind of more maybe Kolsch-like <laughs> in a way, except without the like mm. fruitiness you get in one of those. It's like it's crisp like a Kolsch. And I'm getting into yeah. the mouthfeel. It's got a light body, medium-low carbonation, uh, no warmth, uh, you know, just a bit of a stringency, not too much, um, but um, yeah, just kind of crisp and dries right off your tongue. Um, I like this beer a lot. It's a really clean lager. Uh, just lacks some of those characteristic um, notes that I that I wanted in the German pills. And uh, but again, I know it's a hard beer to make. Um, the carbonation. Uh, you know, pushing that up may help drive some of the flavors a little better. It is. At least in this sample we got is a little um, 
undercarbonated. So I'm going to talk about bottling technique and stuff like that too. Maybe in the keg it's fine. It's just driving all those <laughs> flavors and aromas that you want. It's perfect. <laughs> like hey, this is it scored a 45 in a competition. I don't know, but um, yeah, it just a little, comes off a little watery in general. Um, so, but just impressively clean. I, 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 it was hard to know where to land on this. Um, I ended up giving it a 34 just because I'd like. A little more, a little better um, balance to it. It's just too, a little too dry, but it's again fine points and uh, uh, very well made beer. So thanks for sharing it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, excellent. All right, Brian Shar. Hey, I, I think I have you know very similar thoughts to uh, to Brian with a, a few few differences. Um, I love the aroma. It's very malty, pilsner ish, uh, with that classic sulfur from the lager yeast. Uh, a little low spicy hop. Uh, noticeable at kind of a very low level. No diacetyl or off flavors, which is a, quite an achievement for a lager. Uh, give this a 10 out of 12 for aroma. Now, the clarity was crystal and really exemplary. Uh, you know, in the previous show, uh, we had that Katarina Sour, which was uh, like one of the clearest beers I've ever had. This is right up there with that. Oh, mm. The clarity of this is just phenomenal. I mean, you can hold this a you know, few inches away from the score sheet and still kind of read through that. It's, it's, it's really impressive. Um, low head settles quickly, uh, faster than expected for style. It should have a larger, uh, frothier, longer-lasting head. Uh, straw-colored, as expected, gave it two out of three for appearance. Uh, for flavor, flavor initially was uh, definitely malt-focused uh, with a hint of sulfur. Some uh, low to medium hot bitterness came up uh, afterwards, kind of in mid-palate, uh, with some low spicy hop flavor, perhaps a little too low. Uh, definitely some noble hop character, and then the bitterness is is firm and at a good level, but a little more hop flavor might be might be welcome. Very well attenuated. Uh, uh, balance is uh, pretty much even to me between the malt and the bitterness. Uh, finish is medium and kind of malt-focused. Gave it a 13 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, for mouthfeel, uh, I gave it a 3 out of 5 primarily because it is really, really low in carbonation. Uh, this, I think it's partly why the head is so low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... The rest of the components of mouthfeel uh, are, are fine. Overall impression, still gave it 8 out of 10. Uh, it's a fresh and very well-made Pilsner. I've, I've gotten commercial German pills out of, the, out of the fridge at the liquor store, and they haven't been as good as this. And granted, they've sat in a container for eight months, getting <laughs> right. shipped across an ocean, and stuck in a train across a desert in the middle of summer and everything else. But still, this is one of the, the virtues of homebrewing, right? You can brew something fresh and tasty at home for yourself that might be better than something you can buy at the store that's having to come from you know, 6,000 miles away. Right. Uh, ultimately, uh, more carbonation. If this beer has, uh, a, a, to me, sort of a singular flaw, it's the lack of carbonation. Uh, total, I still give it a, a 36 out of 50, which is in the very good range. Uh, and just uh, additional carbonation, whether this is... Uh, and I'll be curious to hear if this was uh, bottle-conditioned or uh, filled off a, a keg or, or what. Uh, but that would, I think, go—this would be a 40-plus point beer to me if it had proper carbonation. It wow. would definitely bring it up towards that, yeah, for me, yeah. too. Okay. 
Excellent. Scott, what do you think? You got any questions for the guys? Or uh, Actually, we should probably get your uh, recipe, huh? Yeah, you want me to do that first? <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, if you, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So it's um, it's ninety seven point two, or yeah, it's like ninety seven percent Pilsner malt. I, I use the uh, Admiral Maltings. Oh, okay. Uh, ah. Pilsner malt out of Alameda, um, and then it's just a little. The rest is just uh, acid malt to get my to hit my mash pH. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So and then um, for hops, it was. Um, uh, like 39 IBUs of uh, German Magnum at 60 minutes. And then, let's see, I did um, two ounces Hallertown middle fruit, uh, middle fruit at five minutes. And then I, um, toward the end of fermentation, I dry hopped it with two ounces of Perla. You think that should give you enough <laughs> enough hop character? Yeah, wow. I know, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. And five gallons? Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then um, the yeast was the uh, German Bach. Uh, Interesting. The white German Bach. Eight thirty three. You know, yeah. I, I could have sworn that there were some new school German hops in here, just because of how fruity and almost like cantaloupe <laughs> melony I got out of that. Do you think it's the Bach yeast? That's throwing a little bit, or, or I, I've done this, this similar recipe with uh, just the regular the German. Uh, what is it? Eight, eight. Uh, just the the normal like uh, German yeah. lager yeah. strain. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me, sorry, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit different, but it's uh, similar. Yeah. Okay. Let me skip ahead here just a second because we're talking about fruitiness. What what was your fermentation temperature? Did you control your fermentation temp? Yeah, I pitch at 45 and then you know, let it free rise up to uh, 50. Keep it there for about a week and then kind of ramp up. Okay, so you never had excursions up to ale temperature or anything? That's, that's good. <laughs> no. Excursions. No. It doesn't, no. It doesn't taste like you did. No. What about the water? Um, what did you do there? Yeah, so I'm just using just the tap water, I'm, and I yeah. I filter I filter it, and um, uh, and then I I treat it with some potassium metabisulfite um, to remove the chloramines, okay. and then other than that, I just add a little bit of uh, calcium chloride and gypsum. Okay. So and the the water here, it's the East, East Bay mud water that we have is like really really soft. Oh yeah, you guys have good water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So cool. Yeah, you definitely need to want to probably wanted to add a little calcium to that and a little sulfate. So yeah, that doesn't sound yeah. too bad. What you did, no? Yeah. All right. I think I targeted like around seventy um, for calcium parts per, per million calcium yeah. and. Um, Chloride sixty sulfate was like around eighty. Okay. No, oh, it sounds fine to me. I mean, I, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> I don't know shit. Uh, do, do you have any uh, specific questions for the guy, Scott, on on anything that they talked about? Well, um, I was was going to ask a bit about the bitterness level, um, mm-hmm. but you guys seemed to think that was okay. It sounded like. <laughs> I think it's fun. Then, what, what, what do you, or do, you do? You, do you not think it's? Um, well, no, I just haven't had like a ton of different examples of uh, the, 
commercial examples of the style. So I just I think bitterness is fine, right? Yeah, I think this, this is what I expect from a German pills. This is not mm-hmm. a Hellas. A Hellas has yeah. you know, half this bitterness. Yeah. The German pills ought to be firmly bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be noticeably bitter. Uh, and this is, uh, to me, a very appropriate level of bitterness. Agreed. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And, and mag- Magnum is great for that. Ma- Magnum has very little flavor to it. Magnum is perfect bittering hop. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Scott. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, and then um, uh, the first Ryan was asking for <laughs> saying that it was maybe lacking, like, uh, some maltiness. Um, is that something that I could maybe throw in some Munich or something to help out with, or what would you suggest? Well, yeah, Brian. you know, I like, I think um, what Admiral Malting is doing over there is cool, but um, you know, it's still an American-made German Pils malt. You really can't beat using the actual, you know. German pills mom yeah. from Germany. Um, right. You know, it, or blend them or just do something fun. It's a really clean beer. There's not a lot to knock it for. I like, I think just needs a little something extra there. And um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with Brian that if you're trying to, second, you know, Admiral is doing great stuff and I you know, we support them and uh, really love their products. And this is not a knock on Admiral, but if you're trying to do a German style of beer, uh, I would definitely start with German Mm -hmm. malt. Just like if you're doing a British beer, I would use British malt. Uh, And certainly it's fun to experiment and it's worth trying. And this, I think, comes really close to German pills, but that probably would have gotten you a little closer to have used German, like a Weirman malt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this clean of a lager, you're a dangerous brewer, and uh, we uh, <laughs> we hope you don't enter the same competitions we do because we'll lose against that. Yeah, that's it's it's beautifully brewed. Nice job on the fermentation for sure. Yeah, thank, no thank diacetyl. You. you know, just just nicely cleaned up lager. Yeah, thank you. All right, Scott. Well, hey man, if that's it, we'll let you go and uh, rest up, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Let yeah. us know when you well, thanks. when you reboot cool. this one. <laughs> Feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right, Scott. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thanks, for- Bye. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I'm glad he came on today. I don't, you know, he wasn't feeling the best, but uh, glad we could taste this beer today, too, while it's fresh. And, and um, yeah, it's really good. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Gabe, and uh, I don't know, whatever he sent. I'm, I'm assuming it's a beer. So hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to 
the examination. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Homebrew. Before we get to our guest, I want to tell you guys about more beer and how they want to change your malt game with Viking Malt. And hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and somehow flying under the radar. It's the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from no-lox varietals that don't contain the enzyme lipooxygenase, which leads to trans 2 nonal and beer, which is responsible for the stale cardboard flavors. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future that is driven by robots. You Man. are pronouncing that stuff amazing these trans, days. Uh, all right, huh? Trans 2 nonanol. So we did our, our judging class you know, in, in Livermore recently, and... Yeah. and they have the papery sample from the the Siebel kit that you get for the off flavor dozing. Yeah. Oh my God, we got one that was just so strong on the papery. It was just like trans two non and all bomb. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I like had to water it down three times to get it to where it just <laughs> tasted papery instead of just like. I don't know, instead like work at the paper, paper slicing through your tongue and just, oh jeez, I don't know. It was just. And they want to beat you over the head with that. Isn't that the the goal of that? Most of the samples are actually pretty well balanced from the Zeebel kit. Oh, okay. um, but, yeah, you do, do get a little variation from batch to batch. And you know, it might have been really fresh, but, wow, that papery was woo. Hmm. Oh, man. Well, Gabe, how's it going, man? It's going well. Thanks it's for having well. me back. Of course, of course. Uh, what kind of beer did you get for us, or bring for us, rather? I brought in a coffee sour ale because I didn't That's learn right. my lesson from last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's see if we can get some of that poured. Whoever is closest to the glasses. See, br- That's why we have uh, Brian Shark closer to the glasses because uh, he's the new kid. He's the new fish. Yeah. So he's got to do all the pouring. Yeah, Grandmaster or not, I'm pouring some beer here. You got for a steward, everybody. man. That's Let's go. Exactly. So, do what a, you got to do. A coffee sour beer. What made you uh, want to put coffee and sour notes together? Um, do you hate us? <laughs> I think it's based on uh, the rare barrels, all systems go. Okay. Uh, have you had that beer? Uh, probably. Probably. All right. Uh, I was pretty impressed by it and wanted to replicate it. Uh, I have a friend who roasts his own coffee beans and liked this kind of blueberry blend that he came up with. Okay. I don't think you really get that in this at this point in time, but... To be honest, I get jalapeno. I went for it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I know I'm doing things out of order right now, but I get jalapeno. All right. Like, like not, you know, sometimes we talk about on the show, but we're using coffee and you get like the green bell pepper. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the sour is kind of tweaking that a little bit to make it like jalapeno, like flesh, not spicy, but you know what I mean? Is that what you have? Yes. Uh, <laughs> expresses itself, uh, yeah, with a hint of hot green pepper flavor. Not yes. not the heat, the right. flavor. Yeah. See, I could be a grandmaster. That's nothing, dude. I'm not. Okay. I'm not, now I'm not impressed with Trade you Trade seats. <laughs> you just haven't. You have to degrade like hundreds of exams. That's the only yeah, difference, really. That. I just have to do live reads and get these yahoos mm-hmm. to judge beer. Mm-hmm. This is great. <laughs> it's easy. Uh, Brian Shar, you're up first. All right. Let's so, uh, aroma. Get a hint of coffee that's uh, noticeable in the aroma that blends with the uh, uh, the sour aroma. Sourness is kind of predominant, and I would say it's really more of like a funk, like a brat type. And I'll be curious when you tell us about your recipe, like what what critters you put in this. 
but definitely get some some funk in the the aroma. Uh, no uh, off aromas, no diacetyl. Uh, give it eight out of twelve for aroma. Appearance three out of three. It's hazy, which is not a fault in in this style. So just as a uh, 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 as an aside, the base beer of this was a twenty eight B mixed fermentation. Uh, in the 2015 guidelines, and we judged this as a wild specialty 28C. So if you're following along at home with your 2015 guidelines, which you should, <laughs> uh, print those out, live them, learn them, love them. Uh, that will, uh, as I probably should uh, do myself, uh, that's what we're judging this as, 28C. So hazy is okay. Uh, it's sort of a golden brown color, and I, I suspect it's a little bit darker than a lot of sour beers uh, to me, which just just a little Brian's looking at me funny when I said a little bit darker. No, you said uh, brown? It's a little little brown, golden brown. It's it, it, not like brown brown like the uh, – uh, like, like a brown beer bottle. I would but say But it's amber. a little bit of a – yeah, not even copper, amber, like dark, maybe. Do I just not know the names of my colors? It's not even color blindness. I mean, Let's do we have to go back to kindergarten and run through like smart. a... Yeah. <laughs> you can hang out with my uh, my five-year-old, yeah. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but even my daughter is too old to teach me colors at this point. Maybe you just don't know my, my colors. But yeah, amber is, is a good descriptor. Uh, I suspect from the use of the, the coffee. Uh, there's really no head at all. Uh, possibly due to uh, lacto, which kills head. Uh, so that's okay for appearance. Gave it three out of three. Uh, flavor, this is not uh, one that's going to rip your face off with sourness, although there is a lot of, of sourness. And what was really interesting to me about this beer was you have a sip. You think, oh, okay, here's some funk. There's some sourness. And on the second sip, you get a lot more, to me, kind of a lactic, cit- citrus kind of a, a, a bite out of this on top of the uh, the, the funk. Uh, low malt, no hot bitterness or flavor. And I'm sure there's some hot bitterness in here, but to me it just kind of gets overwhelmed by the sourness, which is okay for this style. This is not a style which is traditionally hoppy, right? Wild specialty is about the sourness and the funk. It's not about the hops. Uh, balance is obviously toward the sour. Finish is uh, kind of medium in length. Uh, and focused on the the funk and the lactic. Um, In the flavor, to me, the coffee kind of gets lost in the sourness. I I do pick up a little of that jalapeno green pepper, but to me, even that is just kind of... it's if you hadn't said there was coffee in this, I might wonder whether Mm. there's there's coffee in this or not. Uh, So 12 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel, this beer is uh, almost flat. Uh, Some carbonation would have livened this up and I think enhanced the sourness and possibly even enhanced the the coffee uh, uh, flavor and definitely the aroma. Uh, There is some slight warming. Body is low to medium. Uh, It's mouth puckery, but it's it's a sour. I wouldn't say it's astringent. Uh, Gave it two out of five for for mouthfeel. Uh, an overall impression, I give this a 6 out of 10. I, I really like this beer, even though it's not it's missing to me as much coffee as I mean, there's, a, there's a hint of coffee. And I kind of want more you know, coffees advertised, and I kind of want more of that in, in the beer. But having said that, you know, it's, 
it's I think it's really well done and really flavorful. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about well, what, where did the coffee go? Because coffee is you know zero carb, it didn't get fermented out, uh, it didn't go anywhere. And I happened to notice, and we can talk about this after Brian gives his score sheet, uh, but the cap is had like a 4 slash 18. And I'm thinking if this was bottled on April 18th, what happens to sour beer, sour, a good, a well-made sour beer like this one, uh, this is clearly a well-made beer, uh, will continue to get more complex and more sour in the bottle over time. Uh, even if there's not necessarily more carbonation that comes out of that, it will evolve in the bottle and will tend to get more sour. Mm-hmm. And I suspect the balance of sourness to coffee, just due to Got age after eight months, is much different than it was hmm. when you bottled this. And we can talk about that when you know a little later. Okay. Uh, but overall, I gave it 31 out of 50. I thought it was was tasty. I'm I have a sample here. I'm going to finish this while Brian's talking about uh, this beer. I mean, I thought it was quite tasty. All right. Uh, well, well done. Thank you. Excellent. All right, Brian. Okay. Yes. Um, in the nose, it does uh, does smell appropriately sour and, and and a little funky, like Brian said. Uh, definitely a little, little more than just clean lacto going on here, uh, but it's not acidic or anything like that. Um, it's got kind of um, a lot of interesting fruity notes to it, like ap- apricot, a little bit of apple cider like note. Um, just firm, fruity esters. Um, only I'm getting only kind of a faint earthiness from the coffee. There's not much there. Uh, it's but it's not solventy or or strong smelling uh, or harsh. There's no no THP apparent in the in this one. It doesn't have that. Um, yeah, the color is a kind of an orangey uh, kind of light amber color with uh, somewhat poor clarity. I gave it a one out of three for appearance. It poured with pretty much no head or foam, foam stand at all. It's just flat looking. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting color, but other than that, it, it needs a little more. Uh, you know, and you can have a little. Yes, of course, you can have the head fall flat on a sour beer, and the it can be a little bit murky. But if there's just you know nothing there, well, you only get three points for appearance. You got to. Yeah, yeah can knock knock it down a little bit <laughs> right. harshly like like me on this one yeah. i don't know well you're a big good jerk. cop bad cop that's oh, right um what do you want to call it <laughs> that's in right. the flavor it's um well beer is just more attractive when it has a little head even if it just mm. comes up for a bit and fades quickly because it's acidic uh but it also tells you oh maybe when i get into the mouthfeel or you know in the flavors it's not going to push them as much it's not going to have as much going on and this definitely feels a little you know less carbonated on the tongue too so but in the flavor it's cleanly sour has a nice white wine like and fruity apricot um you know good lactic notes in there uh, i'm not getting any acetic a little tiny bit of funk but not not super you know brett heavy either um just a cleanly fermented and soured beer um the bitterness is low and out of the way. I think there's a little bit of bitterness here from the coffee, which expresses itself as a light kind of blonde roast coffee, maybe, uh, but very backgroundy with a hint of that green pepper flavor. And you really do get that in the flavor, too, not just the aroma. It's uh, I didn't note it in the aroma, but it's there in the in both. It's, it just smells smells and tastes a little bit like a, like a spicy green pepper flavor. Um Medium light bodied in the uh, mouthfeel, um, 
it's almost no carbonation. It's it's really pretty flat. No warmth, not very creamy, but still smooth. It's not biting or harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not, fair. Not getting any astringency. Yeah. But yeah, it's a you know it's a pleasant drinking sour. It has a lot of nice flavors and some of the declared coffee. Um, less of that in the aroma than the flavor, but um, you know, it works as it is. But a uh, a slightly bolder coffee note would be welcome. It may be that it's just aging out, um, and more carbonation will help drive some of those aromas out of the beer too. Uh, but definitely go with more coffee. Um, so I gave it a 30. Uh, one thing I would say, too, about this beer, it comes across, as I was tasting it, it's like this light beer that has these dark, you know, some dark flavor to it. And it comes across a little bit like if you soured one of those golden stouts. <laughs> yes. And just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it tastes like to me. Okay. So it's an interesting beer. I like it, and I can drink it. it. I can drink a lot of it. And I, I got one. I, I figured out <clears throat> finally, pretty exactly, I think, of what this reminds me of, and and uh, it probably has a lot to do with the temperature, you know, because it is sort of body temperature at this point. Yeah. Um, sweet and sour wontons. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, the green bell pepper, like in the sauce, you yeah. know, like like sweet and sour, like beef, and then you take a wonton, you dip in that. That's like that's that's that. That kind of yeah. grainy, I don't know. So we could do pairings on Dr. Homebrew, like taste the beer ahead of time. Is this would be a Chinese then, food sour beer. I think JP yeah. just unlocked the Grandmaster 3 achievement. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Gordon Strong, worth my shit? It's been two seconds. He unlocked uh, a hazy IPA bro level 30 on untapped. Mm-hmm. I'm kill myself now. Uh, Gabe, let's talk about this beer, man. Yeah, I think for one, I really suck at picking up that bell pepper flavor. So <laughs> that's one thing to take away from this. Uh, Be thankful. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not horrid. It's a light. You no, know, it's, just yeah. expresses itself. It's that something way. for me to to look for and get better at. Um, mm-hmm. let's see, where do we want to start? Um, this beer was originally brewed uh, February of 2016. Um, so it's it's. It was two years old uh, when I bottled it, uh, March 31st of this year. When did you add the coffee? Um, I added the coffee. So I had a three-gallon carboy, and then I had a half-gallon carboy of only the coffee. It was far too strong. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was, I have that as June 18th of 2017. Okay. Uh, and then I transfer that a week later. So we're looking at, what, like uh, a year and a half now? Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so there you go, Brian. Yeah, it's so it's coffee. been nine months almost since since I bottled it as well. Okay. Uh, so coffee's definitely in the background. I think mm-hmm. for me, I've, I felt like I had to declare the coffee because yeah. the coffee is somewhere in that, like, medium palate. <laughs> It's contributing, yeah. Me. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I imagine a year and a half ago, it was much fresher. And you said that one batch was really strong. You blended it until it it felt right. That that batch had more of a fresh uh, roasted coffee kind of mm-hmm. uh, flavor to it, I would imagine. Yeah. And that's when you drink it. What's that's that? A, that's when you should drink <laughs> it. That's when you should drink it. <laughs> when everything's dialed in. Because like, even like yeah. that, that Rare Barrel beer... They release their beers and they're ready to drink. Yeah, you know, so it's yeah. it's gonna. I, I don't think coffee and sour beer. 
it's the <laughs> no pun intended. It's the rare bottle um, that I think that combination can can Trademark work. Problem. <laughs> How close did you get when you, Brian? I'm sorry. I don't want to walk away. I'm sorry, Brian. I I don't want to walk away from this declaring issue. Okay. Because I, you said I feel like I should declare it because it's in there. So part of Doctor Homebrew is talking about competition. And what happens to your beer when it gets judged at a competition? So the fact that coffee was in there and very perceivable when you bottled it, and maybe it isn't now, you have no obligation to declare it. Okay. Right? So one of the things you people Can you tell Brian's a lawyer, by the way. By yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me. Uh, you have no obligation to declare this. And you know, I, let me get I, uh, call one eight hundred eight 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 eight, and I will take your case for uh, your homebrew case for free. I cannot recall at this time putting coffee in this beer. <laughs> but the thing people get wrapped around the axle about. Well, I put it in, so I have to declare it. That's not that's not the case. You shouldn't declare it unless you can taste it, and that's why it's it's usually useful before you enter anything, especially an mm. older beer, uh, and especially if you added something to it. Taste it before you enter it, because if the specialty ingredient isn't obvious or it's it's faded into the background, but it's still a good beer. Don't enter it as that kind of specialty or spice herb vegetable or wild or whatever. This, because what happens is the judges see coffee in the description of the beer, and they expect like, oh, this is going to hit me with some coffee. It doesn't have to be to the exclusion of all else, and it shouldn't. But you'll end up getting knocked off more points than you should have. Uh, if you didn't declare the coffee, because judges like me will say, well, yeah, I can, if I think really hard, I can perceive the coffee, but I don't. So declare when you're doing, when you're entering competitions, declare what you taste and smell. Uh, mm. and don't declare what you put in if you can't tell it's there anymore. Does that make sense? You could. Uh, yeah, that does. Yeah. Thanks. Add, add, a little, uh, add a little spicy zing to this and declare it as a, as a you know. <laughs> Serrano pepper beer or something. Mm. Yeah, might put be closer. Like, put co- fresh coffee beans at the bottom of each bottle. I don't know. Yeah. That's definitely. But no, it's it's declare what you can perceive, not what you put in. Got it. Now I forgot what else I was going to say. Sorry, Brian. Brian. You're, you're, that was a long-winded um, <laughs> diatribe there. Yeah. And but another thing. It is yeah. a good point. And another thing, young man. <laughs> if you ever take that beer to my, out with my daughter. Um, no. <laughs> that goes without saying. I'm going to have my shotgun ready. Hmm. I think you guys asked about, um, you know, what yeast went into this and, and kind of, I don't know, just quickly the recipe. I mean, yeah, very little hops. I mean, one hour boil with uh, almost one and a half ounces of aged Hersbrucker hops, kind of... Uh, about 1.4 alpha acid units. I mean, I sat on these things for a while. Hmm. Uh, six pounds of wheat DME, four pounds of pale DME. Um, this was not the only carboy that I filled that day. I ended up getting like a 1055 OG. Um, three gallons uh, went into one carboy with uh, WLP 670. That's a Saison strain with Brett. Hmm. Um, I ended up taking the... Uh, the beer transferring it over to a secondary glass carboy to age for longer. 
and taking the original yeast cake and pitching that into the half-gallon carboy, or excuse me, half-gallon growler, and then adding in some dregs from Almanac Farmer's Reserve, uh, I think it was Buddha Hands, like the, the lemon uh, varietal that they have. Uh, so cool. there was a little bit going on in that. And then there were 34 and a half grams of medium roast uh, Guatemalan coffee beans added to the original half-gallon growler. I went, wow, that's way too strong <laughs> a week later. Mm. Did not really any sort of blending. I just went, let's just dump it all into this three-gallon that I've been sitting on for, I don't know, about a year and a half and see where this goes. Cool. Okay. I wonder if that maybe went from too strong to maybe not quite strong enough in terms of coffee character. What what, what did you think? It's also a year and a half old. Exactly. What what did you think? So presumably you drank that out of that three gallon. You had some. Right. uh, What what did you think of the coffee character at the time? So January 12th, I wrote, uh, sampled and enjoyed the flavor. Heat is gone. Coffee is interesting with the funk associated. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I don't know. To me, like, this beer was always, like, I kept waiting and waiting for some sort of heat to dissipate. I don't know if that was an acetic character or hmm. where does that heat come from? Because it's not a very strong beer to begin with, like, in terms of the alcohol. Heat. Because it, it fermented down to 1006. Do you what still, was your fermentation temperature? Um, ambient. It was, it was, okay. it was pretty much um, in, left in my shower year round. Do you I mean, shower but, in that shower? No, I don't. Yeah, I just no, that, you he doesn't actually shower. No, that's yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, the beauty of that was um, when I transferred it over and aged it, I added one of those silicone bungs and closed it, and I just left it in a glass carboy, figuring that there's many minimum oxygen permeability. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So here, here's what will happen when you ferment uncontrolled is. You'll have oftentimes a high temperature excursion, like within a couple of days of pitching. So your temperature is going to go way up as those yeast reproduce and just go nuts on on the beer. And you'll ferment. You can tend to ferment pretty quick. Uh, now, maybe if, if it was a January, what, what time of year did you ferment this? Well, so I should back up and say that originally, like the first... Uh, sorry, I'm looking at it now. I think like the first month I kept it temperature controlled, and then okay. I moved it okay. over to age. Okay, so yeah, you're you're, you're fine. Yeah, Never fine. mind. Yeah. I uh, ignore my my comment then, <laughs> because but you, you can get some you know solventy type hot yeah. character sometimes from an uncontrolled fermentation that just goes really fast. Uh, and then goes back to like a normal temperature, but that doesn't sound yeah. like a thing that happened to you. Did it have mm. like a nail polish remover kind of character to it, like an ethyl acetate um, kind of thing? I don't know if I've experienced yeah. that enough, but it, there was there was more of the warming. I thought, or not. yeah, okay. Um, when I tried it, but I mean, I was living in Berkeley at the time, so yeah, not having the, the freeze the thaw mm. sensation that we get out here in Concord. <laughs> mm. uh, I was thinking that our temperature would be a little bit more controlled. That should yeah, be fine probably, for probably eight, fine. hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You don't get it now, though, do you? Uh, no, much less so. I mean, that very, like, uh, there's a small warming sensation, like they said, that I pick up on mm-hmm. the end. But that's hmm. a lot smaller compared. What was the ABV on the beer? Um, 1,000. I don't know. I'd have to do Doesn't the calcs, but 1055 to yeah. 1006. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem probably nice. like six percent. Yeah, yeah. Some change. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the warming I got wasn't warming like from fusels. It was just standard. Oh, I'm having a beer, and it's a slight warming. Yeah, okay. I didn't notice any, and I suspect that's just part of that bottle conditioning of this beer and the evolution of this. As the bacteria and the yeast keep chewing through what's in there, they're chewing through those higher alcohols that would have caused that. Got it. Yeah. So what when it aged out a little bit and you got rid of that hot, did it kind of taste like you wanted, like the inspiration at all, or it, just a slightly different animal maybe? No, I'd say the inspiration has much better coffee flavor. Okay. Um, at this point, you know, another issue with this is like is the carbonation, which I can talk about, and that's it. I tried to dose it in individually, like with a syringe, you know, oh. like adding uh, added corn sugar to the bottling bucket, um, and then was dosing in individual amounts of yeast to every bottle. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's always hard to gauge it yeah, that way. It yeah. makes, yeah. Wow. makes me not want to do sours again, that's for sure. But yeah. <laughs> it was the uh, EC1118 uh, uh, yeast, the champagne yeast. Yeah, okay. Um, what you need to do is uh, get a keg and carbonate in the keg and then bottle from that. So yeah. I spilled beer in the keg before with the sour, and I figured I would sour my whole keg kegging system. So yeah. I didn't really want to do that again. Yeah. You little Cobra faucet, oh, and that's yeah. your sour one. Right? Fair enough. Fair that's enough. really interesting that you dosed the bottles with yeast and sugar, and it still ended up not being really carbonated. That's Because that, that champagne yeast... In addition to that sugar, that's a good question. So, Brian, well, how, how tolerant is champagne yeast to height to low pH uh, acidic environment? Do you have any idea? I don't. So, I make um, you know meads and stuff that I try to um, carbonate with adding. You know, they've they've been fermented out for a long time, and you want to add more yeast. And if you just add yeast like out of the package, or you know. You're pretty much just kind of shocking it, and you add a little more sugar. It's not. It's like, what is this mess? Uh, mm. um, you know, you really need like an actively strong, strong, you know, fermenting. Like that's why christening works. You know, it's just you're adding freshly fermenting beer to your beer to you know with a little with enough sugar in it to to finish out. You know, get the carbonation you need, um, and it just yeah ferments inside the bottle. It's ready to go. It's going. <laughs> You know, you add just yeast and sugar to a beer, a highly acidic environment, especially an alcoholic and everything else. I mean, if it's properly hydrated, you know, champagne yeast is, you know, again, it'll, 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 it's, it's kind of hard to kill too. that too. Yeah. So, um, you should get something, but it, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's probably something you have to play with a little while and just make sure that you're using either some, some go firm or something to just get your yeast kind of happy and active when you hydrate it and add it or even get it fermenting with a little bit of something first and then, you know, like a start, make a starter and add it to each bottle in a measured amount. And so, so you're getting what you want in there, but yeah, that's a good question. It, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's with a adding yeast in a certain situation, you're going to you make it unhappy and, and it'll fizzle out and say, no, I'm not ready to do this, man. Yeah. It's a really challenging environment because it's not just alcoholic, but it's acidic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I rehydrated, um, and I ended up doing like one and a half milliliters of the slurry uh, for for a twelve ounce bottle, and then kind of adjusting based on the overall volume of the bottle from there, hmm. and then doing point one grams of the yeast per twelve ounces of beer. So it's not 
a tremendous amount, so I'll probably just up that next time. I just didn't want to get a bunch of bottle yeah. bombs. So. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that as the one who handles. So they were uh, all about. Yeah. Well, what's also interesting to me is that you'd think just that sugar, even if that yeast died in its entirety, hmm. there's enough bacteria in this beer that you think it would have chewed through the sugar. I wonder if the coffee yeah. did anything. The acidity of the coffee drove it. Maybe. Is coffee Maybe. antibacterial Maybe. like hops? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I, don't I don't know. Whenever I don't now. feel well, this, I, this I shove a bunch of it up my butt. And yeah, so. I, I, well, who, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, but it, that wouldn't. Ex- it, it, the bacteria must be alive. The bacteria must be alive because this thing has evolved over. Eight months. It's a conundrum. It is. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to solve it here. Gabe, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're going to take a quick break. Um, But before I do, I want to let you guys know that you should use promo code BN2018. That's 2018. Between now and the end of the year for any or new or renewal... AHA membership through the Brewery Network, and you receive a free copy of both Wild Brews and Farmhouse Ales. Just click on Join the AHA link on the left side navigation of the Brewing Network website, and very, very specific, and use code BN2018 at checkout. Young brewers, those of you who are like, you know, under 30, do like I should have done when I was your age. You buy the lifetime membership. Do it. Seriously. You're going to save so much money over the course of your life. You're going to look at that bill and say, holy. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than five-star chemicals. Five-star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And five-star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, five-star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, Kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit Five Star or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Gabe is in the studio still. Still here. 
Uh, and we're going to give away the $40 gift certificate to grogtag.com to the runner-up of the score, the second first-place winner. Brian, who is that, please? You, you want to be the runner-up here, and it's our friend Gabe right Gabe, here. Gabe, all right, dude. Good yeah, job. Uh, thank you very much. To grogtag.com. Go to grogtag.com right now and uh, order your stuff. And uh, it's all customizable labels and tasting mats and all sorts of fun stuff. Bottle caps. And, uh, you know, also... Go to beta.grogtag.com, and you can get more. You can get 25% off instead of just the normal 10% with code BNARMY. Okay, we are we're done. We're done with this place today, guys. I've had enough. Fellas, yeah. I, I can't take it anymore. No, too much is never enough, Brian. Too much is never enough. Too much is never enough. Somehow I cut I'm ready to go eat, cool. you know, Another holiday headline. food. Hell Thank yeah, God bro. we're doctors. If you let's see, let's see that cut after the show. <laughs> uh, if you want to have your beer featured on Dr. Homebrew, send an email to Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com, and he will actually respond to you. So that Brian, I not may, this I Brian. May. Yes, I will. Um, yeah, and it's a good time, and he's doing it, and I uh, appreciate it very much. Thank you to Five Star, our uh, primary sponsor of the show. Thank you to Scott and, and um, Gabe for sending in beers, or at least coming in and dropping off beers. And thank you to uh, you for listening to this show. God, I'm, I can't even talk right now, dude. I'm like out of it. I'm out of it. All of you in the audience are awesome. Thank Every you very single much, one of you. Thanks for supporting this show over the last few years that we been doing it i think this is what, what show is this it's like a hundred something. something dude yeah. it's crazy um but you know what hope you had a good 2018 this is the last show we're doing for this year we'll see you next year on dr homebrew merry new year Take 2019 bitches